0: When I ran into Darlene at church, it felt like somebody punched me in the stomach. I almost threw up the sacrament. You are listening to Pada Bing, a podcast that rigorously examines the Sopranos. Today, we are exploring episode 12 of season four, Eloise. Naya is in the house. Hello. <laughs> you ready to delve into the meaninglessness Yes, I am. HBO synopsis, Tony continues to haggle with Johnny Sack and the two Carmines over the Esplanade Prophets. Carmine makes a decorating date she can't keep. Furio proves a reluctant companion to Tony on a casino junket. Polly plays an impatient chaperone to some ladies from the nursing home. And Meadow debates the true meaning of a literary classic with her mom. Mm. I'm going to spare you with my Billy Butt analysis. <laughs> okay. I'm going to record that shit after the fact. Good. Because that shit will you. take all night. <laughs> there were certain spots on my outline where it's like, what the fuck, Vic? Yeah. Awkward silence. Awkward silences are perfectly acceptable. You already know that, though. Yes, I do. Okay. This episode was written by Terrence Winter and directed by James Heyman. Mm. First. Originally aired on December 1st, 2002. We open on Dan Castleman talking to the jury. Recall that he is, was an actual prosecutor in real life. And he officially consulted for the show, for David Chase, on all the legal stuff. Hmm. Um, Invited him to do the podcast. Have not heard back. The nurse from earlier in the season is a bystander also a friend of the pod. She and Junior exchange glances. It's officially confirmed, Naya, that she was undercover for the FBI during those encounters between Tony and Junior in the exam rooms.
1: I know. It's so nice when you see these actors reappear. It feels like it makes such a difference.
0: Meanwhile, Bobby is sizing up jurors. Which one is he gonna take out? Naya, what characteristics would you... Look for when determining what juror to intimidate.
1: I think I, it would depend on my emotional state at this point a little bit. I'd probably pick someone in the worst outfit if I was to be honest. But here's my question: with the wedding band, right? So we they definitely Who's make wedding band the one of the guys that's on the juror.
0: Okay, what is he? They make
1: do- this weird like point to notice that he notices that he has a wedding band on. I've read a bit on the internet; people have noticed it too. And my question is: do you think that? he picks him in his mind because he's jealous because he lost his wife and he wants to target him in some regards subconsciously? Or is it he has a family, so there's more at stake?
0: Maybe a little bit of both. Yeah. The wedding ring actually answers my question, which is yeah. why they pick him. He's got baggage.
1: Yeah, he's got a family.
0: So Bobby sizing up jurors like you and I order up coffee. <laughs> Cut to Carmela pulling homemade... And you don't have to laugh at my shitty jokes, by the way. There's <laughs> a funny. lot of, There's a lot of them in here. Cut to Carmela pulling homemade scones out of the oven. Naya, Junior's about to put someone in the oven <laughs> as Carmela pulls something out. Nice touch. I love it. We see an orange juice container in a glass, prominently placed. Is someone going to die this episode? Why, yes. Just not someone we would have ever expected, right? Someone could have died between the orange juice. Tony
1: was on one side and Fury was on the other.
0: Yes. Could it be one of them this episode? Let's get there. AJ We Learn wrote a piece on Melville's Billy Budd. And now for a word, or 103, on Billy Budd. Billy Budd was a novella by Herman Melville, perhaps best known for Moby Dick. The basic premise of the story is that Billy Budd's a sailor who's accused of something, and he does something in retaliation for which there are dire consequences. The controversy at the dinner table between Carmela, Meadow, and her friends later this episode stems from an analysis of the story as being early in representing homosexual feelings and the harsh ends people would go to suppress those feelings. Or in the case of Billy Budd, who was described as extremely handsome, affable, and sociable, the cause of those feelings manifesting outwardly. Next, Furio rings the bell. Looks like an F1 racer over here. So cute. Poor Benny. Just when he thought he moved up a rank, he gets put on the bench faster than Kawhi Leonard with two fouls early in the game. Note that he comes in this time, and it's worth mentioning, Naya, for the last time.
1: Oh, I didn't, I didn't get that, yeah.
0: Carmela's never looked happier naya did you ever root for them or did you always see this as a huge mistake
1: i think deep down i thought because also she kissed the wallpaper boy guy Vic. yeah so she showed some sort of remorse for that but i part of me thought that she would have an affair with furio i really thought that that was going to play out i think when i watched it and I think every time for the first couple of times i watched watch it, I kept being like, why? Why didn't they give us this? Like, give Carmella a win. Like, I, I really thought that it was going to play out.
0: Artie's Uncle Zio, we learn, is helping with the framing of Furio's mother's apartment. There's a spinoff. <laughs> the guy should have a show on HGTV. <laughs> Tony comes down. Furio hands him a pamphlet. He shares it with Carm. Ocean Club at Paradise Island. Three days, Naya. How awkward that Furio was the one to give Carmela her quote. Two tickets to paradise. Cue the music and insert it right here. Tonight? I've got two tickets but that he won't be the one traveling with her. Tony's twisting a knife through them both, but the poor guy is too blind to see it. Yeah. As smart as he is, 10 steps ahead of everyone else on every other fucking aspect of his life, why is he so blind as to what's going on with Carmela? I think he's just such a
1: narcissist that he can't even imagine his driver and his wife would do that. Like, I just think he wouldn't even think that. It's not even in... And also for me, this moment was like when I watched it this time. Cause you know, where there's always kind of like, is this all in her head? Does I know he likes her and he's a little crush on her. But like in this moment, you could tell that they actually really do. Both have a connection with each other because they both looked embarrassed. They both looked humiliated and awkward. Like this was the first time it was a shared experience between them that I, we don't see. It's usually like just a little playfulness and flirty, and then like it's like all in your head. But I don't know. This is the first time I, I believed that they had something together yes, deep down. I
0: agree. I'm with you. Great soundbite to drive the point home about Tony's obliviousness. Oh, I know you need a break. Deep down. That's probably the reason you got your hair cut. If, uh, <laughs> uh, if you heard something like that, would you Carmella that scene, or would something in you change? Would that one land on your chin, or would would it enrage you? It would enrage me unless
1: I was used to someone saying shit like that, which she is. What sucks is we don't get to see that episode. I would have loved to see Tony and Carmella on a three-day weekend at Paradise. Whatever.
0: Two tickets to Paradise. <laughs>
1: You believe that in there? The tickets? For two years, it's been a bitch fest about how we never get away. So I make it happen, top shelf across the board. All of a sudden, her mother's psoriasis is, is like to be a fucking plague.
0: You know what? My fungo I don't know why I bought it. Furio can barely hold it together. He's almost building up the courage, like he's building up his mom's apartment to make a move on Tony, right? He's building up some courage or he's building up some ammunition. Yeah. Tony is so oblivious still. Look, if I was sitting in a car with somebody and I was talking like that, I would be able to sense...
1: He was definitely pushing back. Yeah. You know, defending her in a way he probably hasn't in a while.
0: Then, Tony calls her a moody bitch. Shots fired. Yeah. As far as Furio's concerned. Naya, what does trash talk about your significant other to friends, or in this case, business associates, to quote Tony, what does that indicate to you?
1: Just a real lack of respect. I don't do it until, like, we're not together anymore.
0: Exactly. That was kind of (laughs) of what I was getting at. Yeah. It's taboo, right?
1: Yeah, it's just not cute. Girls fall victim to that a lot. They'll complain about their boyfriend, then we all tell them to break up, then they get back together, then we look like the asshole. Mm.
0: Cut to little Carmine. On the golf course. One of my favorite lines in the whole series. Johnny Sack pulls up. This is a wonderful scene. And the context of a golf course to propel or drive business interests and deals is perfect. There he is, live from Miami Beach. Carmine Sr. is delayed. Forgot to put in his Destinex. Is that a denture? I don't know. I don't want to know what that is. Last minute insertion here, friends. Desinex, it turns out, is an antifungal foot cream. To which I'd like to say, a dawn doesn't have foot fungus. Note Johnny Sackni with the obligatory hug to Little Carmine. What he's really thinking, though, is this fucking guy. Yeah. He knows this isn't gonna be easy. This shit with Tony, Little Carmine, continues his wonderful journey from last episode with the Malaprops, total debacle, <laughs> Pops with his testadura, testadura. There it is. Or (laughs) hardhead. It's not doing anybody any good. The line for me, Naya, Mm -hmm. has never been more relatable or accurate than since fatherhood. Carmine Sr. gets out of the golf cart. You put your sunblock on. Okay. My kid goes to check the mail (laughs) for 20 seconds. You put your sunblock on. (laughs) Never goes, never dies. I'm not sure I like that he did that end run. He's an old-fashioned guy, Pop. Very allegorical. Very allegorical. Mm. Again, another malaprop, because allegorical suggests hidden meaning of some kind. What does old-fashioned have to do with allegorical? I think maybe he meant archaic or antiquated. That makes sense. If we're playing on the malaprop theme here. Note the niche little drop about how Little Carmine bought Tony dinner. Power play, boss Mm. move. Also, does he want reimbursement from his dad? Is (laughs) kind of what I saw there. Hey, Pops. Oh, I didn't think that. Hey, Pops, I took one of your associates out for dinner. Can you reimburse the piggy bank? Then Carmine Sr. These guys are sparring at this point over here. Decisive as he is, I would have been proud to call him my own son. Why does he say this? Carmine looks sad when he says it, Naya. A subtle tell that little Carmine disappoints him. Cue Michael Corleone. <laughs> it would disappoint me.
1: <laughs> is he doing this to bait him? Because he also was just saying a lot of disrespectful things about Tony and his crew.
0: We haven't got there yet. At this point, Carmine and Johnny, in the last episode, they do this. They're taking Tony's temperature on the split. Yeah. Insert one-upsmanship here. Little Carmine, when he sees that his dad is fond of Tony Soprano... So he has no awareness that this is how it can affect his son. Really? That's too bold. That's like a true-false question. When the question is, this person never did something. Yeah, that's true, that's true. Can't speak in absolutes. Okay. Okay? But I think that Carmine Sr. genuinely has an affinity for Tony. Not a lot, but enough. Little Carmine comes in, though, with the one-upsmanship and says... It's a bit of a poseur, you ask me. Tony. He likes to talk the talk, I don't know. What? What did he say? His turf, his appraiser. Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch! There we go. The prodigal son returns. Just like that, little Carmine is right back in Carmine Sr.'s good stead. Family, I told you, they're a glorified crew. One of the best lines, Naya, mm. of the entire fucking show. Yeah. Legendary, iconic, and instantly memorable. Whenever you think of the soprano family, what do you think? Glorified totally, crew. Totally. Genius writing. To honor it, I thought it might be fun to play a game. Okay. Called Family or Glorified Crew. Ooh, okay. I'm gonna say something and you okay. respond. You respond, get yourself in trouble Perfect. as to whether you think it's a family or a glorified crew. Got it. Millie Vanilli. <sighs> glorified crew. The cast of Castaway. Family. Oh! Nice! The Garden State soundtrack. It's a glorified
1: crew trying to portray a family.
0: Wow! Finally, oh, two more. Los Angeles. Glorified crew. New York City. Family. Fun game, right? Yeah. The way Carmine flips back and forth on Tony is wonderful. And Little Carmine's satisfaction, the way he relishes his cigar, almost as if he's about to take a bite out of it, as opposed to a drag from it. Yeah. Being able to have his dad's head on a swivel reminded me of Rocky mm. against Clubber Lang in their second fight. It's a thing of beauty.
1: It's just interesting when you see grown men in the show really lose their footing. Like, Little Carmine is just so affected.
0: You can just see it. Yes. And Johnny Sack
1: knows, like, it's over. nothing I can do here.
0: Well, he's also diplomatic. Now, Johnny Sack has to chime in. All the bagpipes are playing now, right? He opposites little Carmine's sentiment. Whatever they are, Carmine, the Sopranos bring in a lot of cash. I've been close with Tony for a lot of years. On the one hand, Naya, Johnny Sack is telling Pauly, last fucking episode, that there might have to be a change at the top. Hmm. On the other hand, here, he's propping up Tony Unlike Svetlana, see what I did there? I did. And his glorified crew. Mm. Okay, little Carmine counters. Johnny Sack doesn't like it. Maybe you're too close. He Mm. doesn't respect you as business associates. What do you think? I think it's 100% accurate. Yeah. Because if it wasn't, Johnny Sack wouldn't have said anything. Or he wouldn't have done this. He eyes him top to bottom in a lightning flash. Naya. When was the last time you eyeballed someone like that? This (laughs) motherfucker is what's going through your head.
1: Who I looked at like that? I know what it was. My sister and I and my mom were shopping for wedding dresses, which is a whole very painful experience. Who's getting married? My younger sister. Oh, congratulations. Yep, she's getting married in Italy. Gonna be a whole fucking thing. But we were shopping for dresses and... I doubt many listeners have gone wedding dress shopping, but they like kind of make these little boutique stations. So it's like we're in one kind of corner and then there's like other weirdo brides and their whole crews. And people just get really nosy and they start chatting and like commenting on my sister trying on dresses. And I'm just like, okay, that's nice the first couple of times. Like, oh, this is the one. This is the one. It's like, excuse me, Linda, is it? Like, no, you know, like, this isn't your party and, like, your thing. So I think I definitely got a little annoyed and just, like, definitely gave him a shut the fuck up, get out of my sister's
0: lane area. It would have been perfect if you had a cigarette. Yeah. Carmine Sr. loses his cool, and little Carmine and Johnny Sack size each other up as they ponder what Carmine's next move will be. And we get a nice sound design moment here. Birds Mm -hmm. chirp us out. Cut to Carm and Furio. Construction is going on. The apartment is under construction, as is their relationship. (laughs) I like that. Only their job site is about to receive a stop-work order of sorts. Small space equals decorating challenge, (laughs) Carmela says. Naya, be an interior designer like Valerie for a second here in Pine Barrens. You have a small space to spruce up. What are three absolutes? Notice the number three. Mm -hmm. What are three absolutes for how you would decorate it to make it Naya? A piano, some sort of like candle,
1: and a big closet. I guess I can't bring that in, can I?
0: I feel like I know what you're going to say, and I'll actually be surprised it? if you don't what? say it. But I want to hear what you say first. I don't want to influence, I don't want to bias your third thing. No pressure. No,
1: I want to know what you think I would do now. A crucifix. Oh, yeah, yeah. I
0: have a cru- like three. Is that accurate? 000. Yeah, totally. There you go. Not for nothing, but Carmela was in early on the Apartment Therapy IG handle. She was. <laughs> Note, there's hammering in the background when their eyes mm. lock on each other, this is fucking beautiful. I'm going to tell you why. They almost kiss. The sound that we hear is very similar to the paint mixer, mm. sledgehammer sound back Ooh, with I love that. Musto. Same That's sound. Great. Symmetry. See, though, they're so close. I'm glad they did it. I'm on the other side. Why? Of, it's a huge fucking mistake for her. <sighs> she would die. She'd be dead. You really
1: think he would have killed her?
0: Knowing how they kill, I'm referring to, I'll just say the episode, I won't spoil it. Long-term parking. Mm. You know Mm -hmm. who dies Mm -hmm. in long-term parking, right? The way that they just allow that shit to happen... But that's... It's equivalent.
1: You think so? I don't know. What does Rose
0: say? These men are living in a fucking different century. Yeah. Before we leave this scene, they they set up a date. Mm. She mentions, have you thought about flooring yet? (laughs) In general, it made me think about flooring. Naya, wood floors, tile, or carpet in general? Depends what room. I'm not a big carpet person. I have rugs, but I don't have carpet. Rugs are okay. Yeah. I'm all about the wood everywhere. I have wood. Yeah. All wood, everything. Yeah. Okay. My- <laughs> Carm asks Furio. Well, then uh, we should go to Color Tile then. They have everything. I would love to go with you there. Great. Then uh, it's a date then. Have you? Naya, gone so far down the relationship rabbit hole that you have gone tile or paint color shopping with a significant other? No. That right there. Maybe that's
1: why my relationships didn't last. I want to
0: let you know right there. That is a milestone of relationships. When you are able to, as a man, I'm saying now, if you are able to endure going through (laughs) 43 (laughs) shades of off-white (laughs) and you can survive that. You're with the right person. So 43 shades of a color is the litmus test for your next relationship. Okay, I love that, yeah.
1: All right.
0: If they do it 37, drop that shit like a bad habit. Yeah. They got to get to 43. That's so funny. Okay. Uh, Cut to bingo night at the local VFW bar. Nucci and her two bitch friends are in the car. I hate those two girls. I know. I hate them. Nucci's (laughs) in the backseat. Min bolts for a handicap spot and T-bones a car. Jesus, Mary and Joseph, I'm bleeding. There was blood, Naya. Yeah. Where's Daniel Day-Lewis when you need him? Yeah, that was weird. Did you get that? Yeah. There will be blood?
1: When I read your notes now, I like awkwardly laugh on the sofa. And whoever, if there's someone in the room, they're always like, what's wrong with you? Because like (laughs) sometimes I pause it and I'll just laugh because I'm seeing what you're saying next and I can hear it in your voice. Sometimes I don't see them the first time around because I just am reading it like just quickly, and then I'll get like, "Oh, this is his commentary." This is here. him trying to be a fucking yeah. funny guy.
0: Okay. Yeah. Oh, fucking funny. Vic but over it makes here. It,
1: it makes it there's a little comical relief in it. It's nice.
0: That's the whole point, man. Yeah. Is that, look, this uh, this podcast is helping me get through the regularness of life. Same. Man. So, to come full circle on my Daniel Day Lewis reference, I mean, Min is out here trying to drink. You saw that movie, right? Yeah, of course. Thank God. Okay. I was gonna. I don't know <laughs> yeah, what I was gonna doing myself. Okay. I mean, this, I have to set this one up. I mean, Min is out here trying to drink everybody's milkshake in that parking lot. <laughs> to casino night at some place. Looked like B-roll. It was like weird footage, like stock footage. I yeah. Didn't, I didn't know what to think of it. Guy, what's his name? Uh, he's the consigliere to the Indian chief. He's telling a joke. Silvio checks in on Carmine status. There's a sit down tomorrow night, we learn. Tony is dancing with a girl. Furio's watching on. Yeah. We're getting a heavy dosage of Furio's wrath. Yeah. Slowly seeping out of that ponytail and into the New Jersey atmosphere. Cut to Pauly at the hospital with his mom. She's just a little shaken up, Naya. But Cookie, that bitch, got three stitches. (laughs) Naya, have you ever needed stitches?
1: No, I just go straight to breaking bones. No stitches.
0: But you got some emotional scars, though, I'm sure. Okay, Nucci has tickets to The Producers. I saw a performance of that in London, of all places. Great show. Have you seen The Producers? Of course. Cut to Carm at Columbia meeting Meadow's roommate Colin and his mother. Colin's mom tells Carm that Meadow is going places. Naya, was your mom ever approached this way, like Carmella, about you or any one of your siblings? Your kid is going places.
1: Um, probably not. I really? think maybe like more specific in the music world a little bit, like I was in a jazz band and we did really well, because I excelled in the arts. But overall, I was, like, a really shit student.
0: I just feel like you guys come from a family of overachievers. Now that I know your stock from your grandfather. Yeah.
1: I guess. I guess. I don't know. My mom is very, uh, she downplays things. Yeah. She's not as a typical Italian
0: mom. Were you? I was an overachiever, but my mom never said anything nice about me. That's why I'm in therapy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm literally in therapy because my mother doesn't love me, so I think the world doesn't love me. That was my fucking breakthrough a couple of weeks ago. Okay, okay. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. That was the breakthrough. Your mother never loved you. You're a pleaser. So you think the world is against you. Yeah. A boy without a mother is like a man without a country.
1: Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying.
0: Only the echoes of my
1: mind. Do you think um, Carmella is happy to hear this news? No. You think already she's feeling weird?
0: I think she's jealous of Meadow. Already? Yeah. Interesting. I think think she got jealous of Meadow the day she got the Columbia admission letter. Mm -hmm. Remember the Berkeley thing where she almost threw it away, then she pulled it out of the trash? She was jealous of her then. Montclair Mm -hmm. State, man. Yeah. Um, Not in a bad way. In an envy, It's a normal way. There's envy this, jealousy. Yeah, there's
1: a whole slew of articles about the relationship between daughter and mothers and, you know, famous Judy Garland-Liza Minnelli rivalry between daughters and stuff. It's very common. But it's usually because the mother's a narcissist, and I don't necessarily think Carmela's a narcissist. No. I think it's more... It stems from her failures. She's very insecure,
0: actually. Yeah. That's why she's trying to protect herself financially. She's insecure.
1: Yeah, also I think something I realized when I sat down was like... It's Meadow's first home.
0: Uh-huh. And it's Ooh. like
1: she makes this space, she's going to cook the food for them and like that's kind of Carmela's territory. It's so already Meadow is encroaching on what Carmela does best,
0: which is host, have a house. Beautifully stated. Meadow comes in with her friend Alex. Carm brings up Finn. Who the fuck's Finn? Naya, <laughs> we haven't heard of him yet. We learn that Meadow is waiting for him to say he loves her.
1: I wonder how long they've been dating. That but she he hasn't. Yeah. yeah.
0: What gives, Finn? The fuck?
1: Maybe they only fucking met, and she's just psycho, like most girls.
0: How soon is too soon to say I love you, Naya?
1: I think it's case by case. Okay. It's a very
0: diplomatic answer. How long is too long?
1: I don't know. I haven't experienced that. Okay. I don't like those, like, cheesy gestures. One kid, he had two envelopes, and he was like, pick one. I was like, I don't fucking know. Which one do you want to give me? And it was like a wooden letter. But like it's just, he went to like papyrus or somewhere like. Home with
0: a $19 he, card. Yeah,
1: and he opened it to like parchment paper and it was like, I'm falling in love with you. And then the other one said, I love you.
0: Has anybody ever done the Love Actually cue cards thing for you? Where they hold up no. the cards? No, like then the, I'd be like, Knightley. get the fuck out.
1: Never saw that movie,
0: I hate that movie. You saw that movie. I saw it, I hate it. You saw it, it yeah. and you I hated it. it. I hate That's yeah. why I brought it up. Yeah. We're like, bringing it. up all the things you hate. Interestingly, Carmen Meadow are feeling the exact same way in this moment. And it's all in Carm's eyes, Naya. that That's her setup for a beautiful line. Hmm. Some men have to move at their own pace, Med. Naya, what does that
1: line mean to you? Go to town, girl. Fucking excuses, man. Get it
0: together. But it doesn't seem like you have a pace problem. I don't. They move quick. Yeah, but there's other fucking areas where— I feel like it's dangerous to move quick, though. Look, I'm speaking like like, a devil's advocate here, like, looking at, like, a brother figure to you, right? Like yeah. A, like a big brother. If they're moving quick, it just kind of conveys to me that they have an agenda, and it's a physical one.
1: Sometimes, but that doesn't mean that you have to sleep with them. I think sometimes it's it's, like, if a man presents something that he cares about and then he owns it, That I think is like a real attractive, yeah, very attractive. So no matter if it's too soon and too, he wants to own it and just tell me how he feels, and that's where it's like, yes, people all have to do that, but it's kind of sometimes justifies people not doing the right things or doing things at their pace, so which could take forever and affect the other person in the relationship. Okay. Do you think men can move at their own pace and it's okay?
0: Yeah. It took me six months to ask Katie to go to Starbucks, but then why can't we? That's. (laughs) <laughs> pathetic. It's pathetic. But hey. That's our tw- what the big weight was for? That's so cute. I was shot. I, was, I, I didn't think I was good enough. The reason it took me so long is insecurity.
1: Yeah. That makes sense. And it
0: goes back to my mother not loving me. I get it. Low-grade trauma. Yeah. You know, I never... It was funny. You mentioned a while ago, you're like, wait till you start getting into some of the other stuff. I'm starting to get into some of the fucking other stuff. Yeah. And I'm thinking about you. I'm like, oh, Naya, this is what N- must have been what Naya was fucking it's so, about. It's
1: so, like, it's so enlightening. I don't know. When you find someone that's just smarter than you about studying your mind and patterns, you just start to realize, like, things that you can't even fathom.
0: You know what she allows me to do in therapy, why I respect her? She lets me arrive at my own conclusion... Yeah. At my own pace. That's nice. She doesn't push me. She'll ask she asks a question.
1: Definitely she definitely will like leave the clues around you. And be yes.
0: Like, she'll ask a question and she'll be like, and then what about that? She knows where yeah, to like, she, she's good. She's a professional. Yeah. But it's taken me six months to realize that my mother didn't love me. Okay. <laughs> like, and I joked at her and I said that I literally said this to her and then we'll move on because no, is not no. my fucking therapy session. I said, is everything about everybody? really about their mothers yeah and she says look i'm that's very freudian i'm not going to say that but i said so basically all this money just to find out what i already kind of knew but the key naya is that i've never verbalized it Mm, yeah totally what does melfi say we find answers through verbalization Mm -hmm. i've felt unloved but i've never said It's powerful it's super powerful it's weird okay back on casino Cousin Brian let it go. <laughs> Once again, can barely stand. I hate this guy. Duncan Cheek over here, <laughs> barely breathing and whatnot. <laughs> I had to. Love Duncan. The message is clear. Brian's all in on Team Tony. Mm. Tony's chewed him up and spat him out to the extent of where his loyalties lie. Carmella doesn't stand a chance, in other words.
1: Marty, why don't you chopper them out?
0: Chopper. She's getting fired. Guy's name is Marty. Couldn't figure mm. out his name earlier. That's what his name is. With the ears. If ever there was a perfect name for a right-hand man, a setup guy, Marty. <laughs> Cousin Brian is... I thought it was Beethoven. Mm. Had to look it up. It's Wagner. Wagner. Wagner, yeah. Wagner's Ride of the Valkyries. This got me pondering... <laughs> some more. I knew you knew this was coming. When I have a really short note, you know that I'm going to fill that shit up oh, with yeah. a bunch of fucking chicken,
1: uh, especially when you ask a question.
0: Yes. This got me pondering some more about cousin Brian symbolism. Is he one of the Valkyries here? Mm-hmm. And is Tony the fallen hero he is going to chop her out back to Valhalla? Interesting. It's a reach. But he's buying that. And this is what's about to happen. Just laying it on the table. Yeah. Marty calls Doug, the when it's convenient Indian chief (laughs) from a few episodes ago. Christopher, to be precise. Mm. The new girl mentioned it. Roll tape. Somebody's tips, if she's not getting fired, Naya, somebody's tips are getting fucking taxed. (sighs) 15,000. We learned they spent about 15K between the five of them. Don't get me wrong. Look, that's real money to me. That's real money to you, I'm sure. But for heavy hitters, and five of them at that, felt a little light, like Tony's bird feed stash. So, anyway, Naya, what's the most you've ever burned at a casino?
1: I don't spend money at a casino. I spend money at a
0: shopping stores. The most I've ever done is like 100 on red.
1: Yeah, I don't don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing either. Yeah.
0: Well, it turns out that Tony has pull. Hmm. The chopper happens. Would love to hear, I've always wanted to do this, I would love to hear the other end of that call. What did Doug say? Made me think about a fun spin-off podcast where the premise is one-sided phone conversations with Doug, the when-it's-convenient Indian.
1: That's really funny.
0: Cut to the chopper. Tony hands a wad of cash to the driver of the car. Cousin Brian must have puked. Mm -hmm. It's like your Uber cleanup fee. I know. Have you ever had an Uber cleanup fee? No. You've never gotten taxed by Uber for a mess in a car that you were... What am I doing back there? No, somebody in your entourage or someone in your crew?
1: Is throwing up next to me? Stop the car, sir. I don't know this person. Get the fuck (laughs) out.
0: Yeah. Very Tony Soprano of you. I love it. Get out of here. Caldwell Airport is the destination. That's the informal name for Essex County Airport which is pretty much, I looked it up on Google Maps, it's pretty much an airstrip in Tony's backyard. Mm. Door-to-door service for a glorified crew? Somebody send Carmine a memo over here. Naya, <laughs> have you, that was late, that was a late delay, but, but I got it, I, was I got slow, you. I slow, I got it, yeah. yeah. Naya, have you ever been choppered somewhere? I have.
1: Um, it was from the airport to like somewhere in New York City. Like, I arrived at JFK, and then we got in a chopper, and then moved closer to our destination.
0: Was it for a musical thing, or was it for... It was, was for... Was it date night?
1: <laughs> it was a... Uh, I don't remember.
0: Uh, I was going to say, if like if it was a date night, then that guy who did that for you, his 43 can get dropped to, like, 21.
1: Yeah, I've... Uh,
0: there's, there's some dudes in my life that have done a lot of that. Um, Brian pukes again. Old faithful over here. <laughs> Tony pisses... Okay, this fucking drives me crazy every Mm -hmm, time. mm -hmm. It's almost like nails on a chalkboard for me. Why? Why piss in front of a propeller? Because he's drunk. There's wind. The stream is going to go in different directions. There's no logic in it. I know you're by no means an expert in pissing while standing up, but did that trouble you at all? Or should I just insert awkward silence here?
1: Autopsy mentioned that too. He said that he thought it was the director's rookie error. Ooh. He thought it was not realistic. I just thought he was so wasted. He was so careless.
0: Because did Furio pee next to him? This is my problem, Naya. Furio pisses too. There's streams... I've pissed next to guys before. Yeah, okay, Not like that. That's common, though. But the streams have to be getting all mixed up with the wind. This whole thing is unsanitary. It is problematic <laughs> on multiple levels. Polly, had he been there, would have had a fucking field day.
1: Yeah, I guess that's a good point. But it's also like, if Furio's fighting this feeling of maybe wanting to kill him, he's going to, you know... And he's not drunk, so he can stay still in front of a chopper and pee next to the boss while the boss is fucking moving around and peeing in front of the thing. Tony channels
0: Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, it's a It's an ironic saying, since that's exactly what is probably thinking in this moment. He grabs him. Age-old question. Asked everybody that I've ever known that is like oh, the Sopranos, yeah? okay. and now I'm going to ask you: How close was he to doing it?
1: <sighs> I don't know. Not close enough.
0: What do you think stopped him?
1: I don't know, because he could have easily said it was an accident. Yeah,
0: bumped into him. Two drunk guys but bump into each other. That's why
1: we love Furio. He's a he's like a good guy. He has morals. He has standards. Even that's why his Ana Lisa didn't want to leave him. He's like he's one of my best men. Mm-hmm. Like. He's got fucking standards. Yeah. You know? And at the end of the day, I think he knows the... He's so ingrained in, in like, the mob, like, legacy that, like, killing a boss, even if it's your, you know, soulmate, like, it's, like, shame on the family. It's shame on... It's not the right
0: thing to do. So you think he thought about his uncle in that moment saying, back the fuck off? I
1: think so. Or just knowing that it's not...
0: Well, there's an argument to be made and a little bit of pushback is that... Yeah, give it. He should have known from the get-go that's the fucking boss's wife. Yeah, but you
1: kind of just fall into it, you know? I've had some affairs. You don't think any of, like, realistic issues until you're like, oh, shit, okay, whoops.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Chopper takes him home, or takes Tony home at least, literally. Tony marches down the steps the next day, late morning... Furio didn't come in that day. He's 40 minutes late. Want you two go out? Note Carmela's wince Mm -hmm. as she asks it. She's fishing, but she's kind of afraid of what might be said, right? Did Furio have a girlfriend? Then she doubles down. Mm -hmm. She's giving him the Spanish Inquisition now. Was he out with someone last night? Carmela immediately calls Furio's house when Tony goes back to bed. She's visibly agitated The phone rings. He doesn't answer. Mm -hmm. But then her phone rings again. And she runs back to it thinking it's Furio. Yeah. But it's Meadow. Meadow immediately, always on fucking cue here, notices that she's not so thrilled to hear her voice. (laughs) Meadow wants to have her parents over before she goes skiing in Canada with Finn next week. What a life. What a life. What a life. But again, it's a little... The point of that dialogue is to make Carmela more jealous for sure you know the regularness of life keeps inserting itself in front of Carmella and her exit strategy cut to Carm drives by Furio's house alone no AJ this time yeah. oh man things are gonna go down first time I saw it it was like oh oh is she that came, what you thought she came to play she you don't think she knows
1: there? something's wrong that he didn't show up at work mm-hmm. or she, maybe she thinks he's hung over or something she went right to the lion's den Have you had that feeling before? Like, I've I've called someone like 40 times once in my past. You ever, like, gotten in stalker, I'm obsessed with someone mode?
0: Yeah, the last time I was texting you to come through the podcast (laughs) and you wouldn't get back to me. I was like, I gotta go drive over to Hoover and make sure Naya's alive. It's
1: this weirdest thing that keeps happening where I'll respond in my head, but not in my text.
0: She pauses. She thinks through all the scenarios— all the permutations, like John Ventimiglia would say, is Artie Bucco. Mm-hmm. Arguably faster than Tony's internet lightning speed. She's playing back game tape. Get ready Got for it. it.
1: Here we go. She's
0: playing back game tape in her head before executing the offense like the Black Mamba, Kobe Bryant himself.
1: Would you want to go see a Lakers game, Clippers game? What do yeah, you let's want to go. Do? Let's okay. go.
0: Anytime. Okay. The framing of the apartment is in the background. There's green all around, which signifies something. I don't know if green means anything to you. I put it there in case it did. Mm -hmm. But the big letters G are all around her. Mm. She's a gangster with a capital G, Naya. For sure. Having the restraint and the perspective to drive away. Yeah. Cut to Johnny Sack pouring drinks with restraint. And perspective. There's a new place of theirs opening soon. A little fucking uh, Johnny Sack Vesuvio's over here. Yeah. There's a painting in the back that used to hang in Fiorella Laguardia's office. Okay, quick sidebar insertion on Laguardia. Fiorello Henry Laguardia and I share a birthday. He was the 99th mayor of New York City and sat for three terms. His tenure covered the Great Depression through World War II. He was also an early podcaster of sorts. He had a show on WNYC called Talk to the People. LaGuardia was also a lover of music, which led to the creation of a renowned music and art school that now bears his name. Finally, LaGuardia Airport, which is also named after him, is one honorific he'd probably like to remedy, as it mostly makes people cringe when it's mentioned in travel plans. But then again, what airport isn't cringeworthy these days? Jay Z's Clearport notwithstanding. Don't love the painting. It's a. Uh, some paintings for me, even if I don't love it, if I love where it's been, if there's like a history.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, okay.
0: It has that. If there's a piece of vinyl, I might not love the album, but if this album was played on Eric Clapton's turntable. Mm. Why don't you make a show like that?
1: Like, a, the journey of, of like, pieces. Like, art. We, I mean... It,
0: That's genius.
1: The like, journey. where were all these paintings before they were here? How you many know, families and places who own them? Yeah. Even, like, you know, records or something. But, like, that would be a little bit harder to figure, track down. But I'm sure there's, like, even record players or jukeboxes and things. Or but, like,
0: like, you like Sarah Vaughn, mm-hmm. right? Love Sarah Vaughn. I have vinyl of her in my office on the yeah. wall. If I found out that this album of Sarah Vaughn's was on, um...
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Barack Obama's turntable. Exactly. That could be cool. I'm gonna sign me up.
1: Yeah. You should really make that show, Vic, because there's these other shows on Netflix that Well, you know what? Let's fucking go pitch it
0: together. Okay. Okay. No Carmine at the new place. Tony's irritated. He doesn't want to talk to the messenger as he sees Johnny Sack. So, what's the deal, Naya? Yeah. 40% of future deals... Not past deals. Johnny Sack gulps when he tells Tony that. That gulp, Naya. Tony leaves. Bells start ringing. What does that mean? Bells tolling. Ernest fucking Hemingway over Mm -hmm. here. Is someone specific about to die? Or is it a tacit reminder from Hemingway's story that we're all gonna die? We're all in this together. Jesus. Johnny Sack picks up a cigarette and takes a legendary drag. So good. One of the best drags <sighs> from a cigarette ever. <sighs> Cut to Carmela coming out of church. Nice symmetry with the bells, of course. Mm. Darlene calls her out of the crowd to thank her. Where the fuck Darlene come from? <laughs> uh, well, we learned that she's got the listing for Furio Gunther's house. <sighs> and she's delighted. Carmela's world, though, Naya, slowly begins to close in around her. This is... awful. So she drives over to the house again. She closes the car door in disbelief, simply magical expressions. She's so fucking good. The way she hits her hand on the door as it seals is intentional. Her mouth is agape. Then... What a captivating choice to pull the camera away from Carmela slowly as she peeks through. It reminded me of an Mm airplane-sized window. Okay. Furio looking out over New Jersey as the city gets smaller and smaller and smaller, as Carmela gets smaller and smaller and smaller.
1: I can see that.
0: I saw how depressing
1: it was because it's... At first, it's just her, and then we're kind of... She starts to become less important to me, at least. And I'm just reminded of an empty house that could have been full of, like,
0: memories and And things.
1: Yeah, so sad. Empty house.
0: Almost as sad as a castaway. (laughs) More bells ringing. We're not really in this together, though, Mr. Hemingway. Tony lost a zip enforcer, Mm -hmm. basically as he describes him. Fucking zip, Mm -hmm. right? Carmela, on the other hand, lost a soulmate. But did she? I'm gonna ask you that later. Okay. Tony and Carmella get out of this car together. AJ2. It's for lunch with Meadow. Tony's on the phone. Furio packed up and left. Roll tape. Left a message at the Bing at 4:30 in the morning. What an elegant way, I gotta say, to unwind this character. Never cut. What can be untied mm. reminded me of that saying. Have mm. you ever heard that before? No. It's a great saying. I've held on to it since college. Okay. Carm's head in between the rear door and the body of the car. Tony slams it. The world has officially collapsed around her. Her out, Naya, is vanquished. Furio did what she wanted to do, what she wished she could do. Leave a message on Tony's machine at 4:30 in the morning. She's K corleone trapped in her own compound in two she had a path to furio right yeah but now what the way she braces the car for support before marching into meadow's apartment is so simple but so powerful okay cut to meadow's apartment finn jumps up he's so young yeah meadow's cooking hi mrs soprano they know each other, Naya, but we are meeting him for the first time. This That's little, weird. This is a little writing trickery here. Mr. Soprano, fin de trilio?
1: Oh, fin de dentist, right? Someday. I'm still waiting to hear from dental school.
0: The Garden State soundtrack is playing in the background. I know this is going to drive you crazy. You walked into my office Let's with go. the Garden State album playing in the background. I'm not going to talk about the movie, but what a perfect little soundtrack. Track by track, whoever music supervised that shit, what did you think of the movie? I don't remember it. I don't remember it either. Yeah. I remember the soundtrack transcending the film. The film has become forgettable, but the soundtrack hasn't.
1: Don't they listen to it a lot in the movie? Yes. Yeah.
0: Finn the dentist, someday we learn. Naya, have you ever dated a dentist or an aspiring dentist?
1: I have not.
0: Okay. No fin de trolios for Naya. AJ can't figure the place out. He seems disgusted by the whole thing. Why do you think that is? Is it because he can never get into a college like this? Or is it because his sister has a boyfriend? Or is it because he has to have dinner with his family?
1: I think it's that. He has okay. to have dinner at his sister's. It's not even in his comfortable house. It's not at a, you know, it's just weird. And he's at that weird age. Yes. Like, he's trying to be cool, but he also is still
0: he wants awkward. He hang out with Devin. hmm Meadow's making mom's recipe for chicken cacciatore. Naya, does your mom have a recipe for chicken cacciatore, and how does it hold up?
1: She doesn't do chicken cacciatore. She does chicken parm, though, and, like, chicken cutlets.
0: You always leave your door open like that? Naya, anybody who's ever lived in the city and had a parent visit mm-hmm. can relate to that line wholeheartedly. The beats of this writing are so effortless and spectacular. These little morsels aren't propelling the plot so much as they are intertwining you with these characters. Who they are, what they believe, what they feel. Carmela in this instance.
1: I'll protect her. Don't worry.
0: Carm almost balls. I know. A lot of balls though, Naya. Saying that in front of both parents, props to Finn, for all that self-awareness at such an early age and in such a predicament where most people, myself included, would simply smile quietly with a little voice inside the head saying, don't fuck this up, asshole. <laughs> Tony with the jokes. Anybody bothers her, he'll knock their teeth out. Then he can put her back in, too. <laughs> we officially meet Meadows' roommates, Colin and Alex. Finn... Oh, I love this one. I hope you do, too. Finn has a place on 118th Street. Naya, that's just eight streets away from Bobby Womack's Across 110th Street song. I love that. Finn's dad was in the Navy, we learned. Born in Japan, spent his first 10 years on a base near the Azores. Sidebar insert here, guys. The Azores is an archipelago of volcanic islands several hundred miles off the coast of Portugal. The U.S. Navy has maintained a presence there since World War II. His dad was a surgeon, not a sailor, we learn, mm. Kind of creating this distance between Carmela and their status.
1: Yeah, for sure. And
0: Finn and the roommate's. Let's mm-hmm. keep rattling off the resumes of her roommate, shall we?
1: Well, they're all eating, like, very homey chicken cachetori.
0: Yes. The Shin song is still playing. New slang is the song. Fucking melting everybody and everything in its wake. Except for Naya. Yep. There's awkward banter. Carmela's someplace else. Maybe she's with us, at least with me, inside that shin song. <laughs> Cut to what she might be feeling in her head at that moment breaking things. Mm. Johnny Sack's restaurant got vandalized. Little Polly and two random dudes throw in bottles. They spray paint cock and balls on LaGuardia's one time office painting. Back on the Finn dinner party. A friend of Finn's dad has a place in the Laurentians mm. near Montreal. I had no idea that's how you say it. Montreal. I took really? French for five years. Montreal. Well, just be careful with all those accidents you read about. Sonny Bono. Sonny Bono, of course. Nice reference over here. Sonny Bono, sidebar. Sonny Bono, of course, was a singer, actor, and politician who was once married to Cher. He was godfather to Anthony Kiedis of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. What Carmela was referencing was his untimely death that resulted from injuries sustained while skiing in Lake Tahoe. Bono's buried near Palm Springs, where he was once the mayor. Tony cuts to Alex, because he doesn't like Carmela being the worrywart Debbie Downer mom, right? Uh, you ski? Alex, of course, we learned That was the Pandora's <laughs> box that Carmela was not fucking expecting. Alex's family has a retreat near the Pyrenees. Oh,
1: oh perfect. Why is she living with them then?
0: Because she's an undergrad. When in Rome. What do you mean? Who is she? Who's Isn't who's she? she rich? So Alex is descended from Spanish royalty. Bitch uh, is living with Meadow and Colin, her her can't she? Her great-great-grandmother was a countess, which makes her an infanta de gracia. <laughs> Naya, all I got to say is her great-great-grandmother was a countess, but her grandfather was no Rocco Bertino. Thank you very much. Okay. Yeah. AJ talks about his paper on Billy Butt. He got a C. Did you like Billy Bud? It was okay. You know, my teacher says it's a gay book. Mr.
1: Wegler? Oh, that is ridiculous.
0: Mr. Wegler, Carmela asks. I
1: love when we hear about him Another we know.
0: Yes, another name drop this episode. Finn was the first one. Tony says no offense to Colin. He's not gay. When he learns he's not gay, though, Naya, it makes him even matter that they're <laughs> living together. Meadow's face. Beautiful stuff. The so cuts. So good. Tony, again, with the jokes. Must be a gay book. Billy Budd's a ship's florist, right? (laughs) Everybody laughs. The reason I'm bringing this to your attention Mm -hmm. is there's a theme that is starting to take foot here. Everybody laughs at Tony's Mm -hmm. jokes, even when they aren't that funny. They have to. Yes. Meadow presses her mom about the topic. That book is gay. I keep talking about this because there's a reason. You'll see momentarily. Leslie Fielder has written extensively on gay themes, Meadow tells us. I looked him up, and I was going to invite him on the pod. Oh. But he passed away about a year after this episode aired.
1: Really? It would be cool to see what he thought it meant using this as, like, the subtext.
0: And why it was in The Sopranos.
1: Yeah. She's a he-mother, and
0: he's lectured at Columbia, as a matter of fact. Well, maybe he's gay. You ever thought of that? Wow. To which I immediately thought, since Rage Against the Machine is coming back, calm like a bomb over here, <laughs> Carmela. Yeah, that was out of character for her, to lose it like that. Yes. Cut to Carmine Sr. assessing the damage of their new joint. Cut to Paulie. He's mad that little Polly trashed the restaurant. He said little Polly, to trash Carmine's restaurant? He works for me. He's thinking, shit, Carmine is going to hate me now.
1: Oh. Man, I'm slow. That makes total sense. I want, Got it? Yeah, yeah.
0: Silvio goes off the record with Polly. Since you ask, I think certain people
1: are starting to wonder where
0: your heart is. People who? Tony? What the fuck's that supposed to mean? Right there. Your attitude lately. Four months inside, I'm supposed to skip down the street? You're only as good as your last envelope. You know that. You have any idea what Albert kicked up last week? Fuck that fucking parakeet. <laughs> I fucking love that. Mm-hmm. Polly lets sill know that he goes back in this family to Johnny, before Sill even— Polly blames Silvio for all this shit on account that he had to pick up his five grand from the fucking Russian. You're a worry me cut sucker. You know that? Oh, <laughs> I'm just telling you how you're being fucking perceived. Nobody knows what the future holds, my friend. Eric Metaxas over here. Mm. It's gonna go over everybody's head, but I said it anyway. Google it. Cut to Johnny Sack <laughs> going to see Carmine. I haven't wanted to do this. But it's gotta be. I love Carmine's dialogue. It's so hardcore. So boss, right? It's so timeless. Call the union, meaning shut down the job site somehow, some way, find an angle. The orangish red, Naya, almost devilish color palette looming behind Johnny Sack is incredible. Have you ever set? The lighting, like a mood lighting when you are like riffing on a piano or like riffing on lyrics, is that something that you do? Is that something that musicians do? Create lighting to inspire a muse?
1: I think so. I mean, I definitely tend to try to do it with the lights completely off. There you go. As best I can. Now I have some hue lights and I'm getting
0: a little weird in there. He's not with Tony. This is establishing that. Mm -hmm. Johnny Sack. Thought he was, but it's establishing that he's not. Cut to Carmela's having lunch with Ro. Naya, do you have a row in your life? I haven't asked you this yet. Do you have someone... I have
1: people that could be rows. Do you
0: have a row? It's a simple fucking question.
1: I do, but I don't confide like that. I'm a very...
0: I don't do that. She's devastated. When I ran into Darlene at church, felt like somebody punched me in the stomach. I almost threw up the sacrament. What am I going to do, Roe? so dramatic have you that's gonna be the cold open for this episode does Carm forget about him or does he stay with her forever Naya she's it's forever I disagree what do you mean I think this shit is infatuation hmm how can she love this guy how is she gonna have a lesser version of her life What do you mean a lesser version? She's not going to settle for a lesser version of what she already has. She already is at a baseline. She's not going to go beneath the baseline. you don't have any
1: faith in her? I'm not
0: talking about material, just material. I'm talking about lock, stock, and barrel. Yeah. I don't know. You don't think Tony said something to him, do you? Rose says. Mm. She bolts. Does she think his life is at risk right there? Does she think that Tony clipped him? Look, she's in the dark about a lot of bodies where the bodies are mm. buried. Witness protection. She doesn't think Tony's actually like a serial killer. Does she think here, though, that Furio's life's at risk? I don't think so. I don't think there's enough proof. Cuts to Paulie lunching with his mom and her pals. Min is shitting on the producers. Fuck her, Yeah, Naya. She's such a hater. She's give worse me, than me. Give me Sondheim any day, Min says. This Naya is one place where I will agree with her. I agree. Because it's precisely the way I reply to any other type of thing resembling television. Agreed. Give me chase any day. Right? Agreed. So I'm with Min. I'm with you, Min, on that. (laughs) But that alone. And Sondheim is amazing. And Sondheim, of course. She used to go with her husband back in the day to see Broadway shows, we learn. He was a barber. Man, he got a, must have got a lot of tips. <laughs> Unless he was taking her to the fucking matinee, Naya. Precision cutlery. 46 years. While Polly audits the bill, the girls steal butter and rolls and sugar packets. Do you know people like that? Do you know old people like that? I don't. Yeah, I don't either. I don't really even like when people take leftovers
1: home. It makes me uncomfortable.
0: I know people that steal the Tabasco from Chipotle.
1: Why do they do that? Because it's miniature?
0: Did you watch Billions?
1: No, Uh, a little bit, but not. Paul Giamatti. Yeah.
0: Did you ever see the episode where he watches someone else's dog take a shit and (laughs) they don't pick it up, and he follows that person and like insists that they pick it up and tells them that I'm a prosecutor for the state of New York and I will fucking put. He makes a whole thing about it. I feel that way when someone steals from Chipotle. Do you say anything? No, of course not. (laughs) Fucking my my mother doesn't love me, Naya. (laughs) I don't say a goddamn thing. Next time you should. I would do what Tony Soprano did to the fucking guy in the the restaurant that disrespected the restaurant. Read my mind. Don't disrespect the Chipotle. Take the hat off. Don't disrespect Chipotle. Yeah. Anyway, that's why they keep raising the prices up at Chipotle because people keep fucking stealing the Tabasco. Paulie pays for himself and his ma. And parking and gas. He's sure to let them know that he's not making them pave their whole way. So gross. He's belt tightening over here. So gross. Who knows what's going to go down with Tony and Johnny Sack? That's what he's thinking. Min... Keeps her money under the mattress. Note the camera lag on Paulinaia. I know. He's internalizing that. Recall, he called Silvio a wormy cocksucker. Mm. Takes one to no one, eh? True. Where's my rolls? I don't know, Ma. Waiter. These Parker House rolls, they belong to my Ma. These rolls, Naya, got their name from whence they came. The Parker House Hotel really? in Boston Ooh. back in the late 1800s. Men and Cookie Jack, that shit. Just like those fucking Chipotle assholes. Polly snaps. What are you going to do with these rolls when you get home? Wrap these up, will you? Cellophane. Fucking classic. Classic. Like, Isn't cellophane illegal in 50 states now? It's like the worst possible thing for the ozone, right? What is it, saran wrap? Cut to the esplanade. Mm. Truck with rat on it rolls up. Metaphor.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. There's the cat
0: tractor next to it, too. Site gets shut down until further notice on account that non-union laborers are being employed in violation of their master agreement. Benny, Vito, and Patsy are despondent. Mm -hmm. Well, not exactly but you get the idea. Cut to a gas station. A juror, the juror, is buying candy bars for his son. Eugene Pontecorvo comes in, stealthily. Goes Pablo Escobar on the bridge on him. Roll tape. What are you doing? It's a privilege. Hardworking guy. Wife and two kids. Performing a civic duty we should all take part in. We know you do the right thing. Naya, if you were that juror, would you have been scared out of your fucking mind, or would you have been egotistically hostile?
1: If it was me, yeah, knowing what I know about the mob and stuff, or if I was just
0: a normal person, just a person in the world, if someone comes up to you and thing says, "Hey, you're that juror. Must be really tough," you know, as me, as you, be like, "Yeah, you fucking get out of the country, man. You got a sister that's about to get married." But also now,
1: in this day and age, it just sounds like you follow each other on fucking Facebook. You can learn all that information on Facebook, too.
0: That's
1: true. But what are they going to do? Are are you really a target to them, you think?
0: But see, that's the thing. This is the problem with our society. What? Tell me. Am I? Are people really going to come after me? Who's going to fucking do credit fraud on me? But they they do? People are people, man. Oh! I just fucking... (laughs) I just fucking quoted Svetlana. Did you see what just happened there? Oh, yeah. Like, totally stream of consciousness. People People are people. people. What would you do if he approached you on the street? I would put my house up for sale. (laughs) Furio speed. Furio speed. I would move to Canada. Um, Okay. Cut to Carm sobbing in the bathroom. When was the last time you did that? I'll tell you if you tell me. couple days ago. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) The phone rings. It's Meadow. She called to ask if Carm was mad. Thoughtful of her. She asks about doing their old tradition. She's Mm. trying to angle something's going on here. I always thought she wanted some money. Mm. She can just ask Tony for that if she needs it. Definitely. Under Eloise's picture, the plaza for tea. There's a Awkward conversation that takes place. It's kind of a precursor to their awkward lunch. Conversations with your mom ever trend like that?
1: My mom is a little different than Carmela because she gets—it's more of a defense. She gets very defensive quickly, and she can dish it out, but she can't take it.
0: Ah. Carmella can't really take it either.
1: Well, but this is the first time she's shown signs of this behavior. Of because weakness. Because this is the first time Meadow's seeing it and, like, asking, are you mad at me? Like, this is new to her, you know? So— Furio really was the trigger.
0: Cut to the bing. Mm. This business agent was there from the union, put on an Emmy-caliber performance. Naya, the show's winning so many Emmys at this point that they write that shit into the show full stop. Tony's call, he decides there's going to be no retaliation or counter-retaliation. Cut to the plaza. Carm brought the gloves. Have you ever worn gloves like those this century?
1: Yeah. But this weird like tradition is, High
0: is a weird It's a British
1: thing. Yeah, but it's not an Italian thing, but it's like a thing that people want to do to be fancy and white.
0: Yes. I find it's a, it very odd. It's a white thing. Yeah. It's not an Italian thing. It's an interesting But that's that why the Italians are doing it. Right. To, right. To your point that you just made, Meadows dinner mm-hmm. was a white dinner. So white. And Tony was down. Where's Colin from? Ohio? Yeah, Tony was swinging, rolling with the punches, fly like a butterfly, sting (laughs) like a bee, Carm. That's exactly what he wanted to tell her. You gotta be flexible with these people. Carmella, though, was paranoid about her own ethnicity. Yeah. And it was really interesting to see. For the first time, by the way.
1: Well, yeah, Um, she has no power at that table.
0: Carm's chippy. Parking, directions, she brings up the literature again. Then Meadow calls her mother, Mm. And it's never sounded more derogatory. Yeah. Lots of subtext. I joke with Katie, I'm like, you don't ever want the kids to call you mother. Lots of subtext, Naya. Excuse me, Mrs. Danvers. That is a reference to a 1938 novel called Rebecca. Mm. What do you have against love? Nothing. Nothing. The writers are just fucking sticking it. I know. Right? Writers have created these two people that are breathing oxygen and talking to each other. Yeah. And they're just going right for it. It feels like a lot, though. Why are you not happy for me? Not only is she sticking the knife in, but she's twisting it. Why? But again, I don't have a good answer for that because we hurt the people we love. I don't think she's—but that's why the the bold
1: questions seem a little out of character because she was just calling to ask if she was mad at her because she picked up on like a weird attitude from her mom that she usually doesn't portray especially in public yes so it's also like you know i don't think she really she's bouncing back and forth and she's obviously in love with finn so maybe she's not doing it because then we see her very clearly make comments later that she knows is gonna offend her mother
0: Mm. there are loggerheads clearly they can't even look at each other. Mm. Question. Would you get up and walk out of that situation, or do you sit there and endure it like meadow? We
1: scream at each other. So not as much anymore because I've learned how to... In public? Pff, yeah. Wow.
0: We used to, yeah. You're bringing out all the demons. <laughs> From harp music, we go to Latin music. Somebody's wedding, baby. <laughs> Polly walks in, spots Carmine. This whole thing is fish out of fucking water. Carmine's a guest. It's his housekeeper's daughter. There's a series, Naya. (laughs) Small world. The groom's dad is Pauly's third cousin. What's a fucking third cousin? What's your name again? Pauly Gaultierre. Jersey? Your father was run over by a trolley, right? That right there screams of some comic relief for the prequel movie. If we get to see Pauly's dad's undoing or demise.
1: That just reminded me that Pauly realized... Johnny Sack hasn't been talking anything.
0: No. Johnny talked to you about me, right? Johnny who? Sack? Talk to me about what? Then, Paulie walks into a bathroom and has a reckoning with himself in front of a mirror, mm. going back to that scene with Christopher in Tennessee Moltisanti. He was okay not having an arc back then, but it mm. turns out he kind of does wish he had one and he's showing us right here. Yeah. Or Full even circle. someone fucking know you're, who
1: you are. Yes.
0: 50 fucking years in this thing and this guy doesn't even know my fucking name.
1: Well, also he's been putting in time to get good on that side
0: and now he's like, wait, oh, fuck, but, I got played. But Karma's a bitch. He fucking turned his shoulders on the family, right? Tony's his family, man. Yeah. Good, bad, or indifferent. Cut to Karma going through the mail. Mm. She sees a Rome postcard. She walks in and sits there next to Tony, who's crushing a sandwich and olives, or was it grapes? Could you tell? I assumed olives. She's short-fused with him, too. She's short-fused with everybody. AJ's reading Death in Venice, which, interestingly, is a story about writer's block mm. overcome by being around beautiful people in Venice. AJ randomly tells Meadow... How much karma was over at Furio's. Her brain starts working. She took you there? Yeah. More than once? Interesting. Right? Yeah. Next, Polly breaks into men's. What possessed that? It's all about the money? I mean, he just realized
1: all his work trying to get in with this family. I mean, he's fr- he's helpless now. He's going to
0: take it out on somebody? Is that, No, that, he just what's wants the money. I don't he think he, he really did want to kill her. Didn't he expect her to be fucking home, though? Couldn't he have been a little cleaner about it? But he's he's freaking out. You were here to rob me. She screams. He suffocates her to death. Did this scene surprise you?
1: No, but it did for... What's Polly's real name? He had a really hard time with this. He was really upset he had to do this, and he had to go sit and talk to some of the writers about it. Oh, because, Tony Sirico. Yeah, because it's not okay, like, in his tradition. Like, you can whack people like for the reasons of the mob, but this for some reason like seemed really disrespectful in his eyes or something. It was like some weird thing associated with this kill for some reason. Interesting.
0: Next scene, Polly hands Tony a fat envelope. Mm. What you do have a bank? Back in business, D Patsy comes in, Johnny Sack is on the line. Polly listens in. Naya, the way that (laughs) Polly listens in, I do that now. With my kids. I swear to God. Really? I do the same thing. I go.
1: What are they doing? What do you mean? Who who are they talking to? to? Well,
0: they have playdates. I listen in to hear what they say.
1: Anything interesting?
0: They're so innocent, Naya. They're so innocent. Watching it go slowly is one of the hardest things. That's why I I cry. That's why I I cried in the shower because he didn't want to do something with me. Anymore is the word. I don't do that anymore, daddy. Question for you. When was the last time you eavesdropped like that? Mmm. I don't know. Uh, but you like low-level stock on Instagram, right? It's the same thing. Oh, yeah. I'm good okay. at that. Tony levels with Meadow.
1: Low-level. I like that.
0: Uh, I learned it from my therapist. You know, low the, level. the actual term is low-grade. Low-grade. Genius word. Because I was talking about, like, the major events in my life that have happened that are really bad. I always say these other things. are like, oh, this thing happened, but it's not, not such a big deal. You oh, downgrade not, It's not such them, a big yeah. deal. She's like... You you just said like 73 things over three months that are all a bunch of low-grade trauma that amplified the four major peaks in your life. And so I've been walking around going, (laughs) low-grade, low-grade. Tony levels with Meadow, cut her some slack. He tells her they were in counseling. To her, that was a revelation, but I feel like she kind of knew. And therapy. She chalks it up to menopause, which is a little bit... Difficult. She's being difficult with her mother, but her face conveys she's a little taken aback that he doesn't see the thing that she had with Furio. Mm. Sharpa's attack, that meadow. Naya. The way she looks after he walks away, she knows something else is going on. She's going to bring it up next episode. Tony and Johnny Sack meet in Tony's car, wrapping things up. All due respect. Hint. To a future episode. With all due respect. Uh, you want to go to that memory lane? Put it in second gear, right? Huh? The dialogue is fucking genius. So good. Page four of the boss manual. Wait, Naya. Slow down. What's in pages one, two, and three? I want to <laughs> know. Don't you want to know? How the fuck are you going to skip three pages of the boss manual? <laughs> well, one is probably that Don doesn't wear shorts. The long and the short of this is that Johnny Sack basically sanctions a hit on Carmine Sr. And Tony can't believe it.
1: What do you feel about this?
0: I personally feel like he's fucking with Tony. Really? Yes. I think he's trying to disempower Tony by having him do something, thinking it's okay, but it's actually not okay, and it will take out Jersey, and Carmine will get whacked, and then Johnny Sack will be king of the fucking hill. I don't think it's Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, these two guys. I think it's Kobe and Shaq. Okay. They fucking hate each other. Yeah. But they play to win. You play to win the game. Right? Yeah. You play to win the game. Hello. You play to win the game. Tony and Carm are in bed. She's watching the show How to Marry a Millionaire. Didn't she already do that? (laughs) And isn't it funny that she's watching that while actively contemplating running away with Furio? It's messaging there, subtle, Mm -hmm. tacit writing messaging. He is Basically saying she's all me, you know. He goes back to that few seasons ago. You're all me, kid. Mm. Um, he's very protective of Meadow. Note that it's not so much with AJ. Yeah, it reminds you where the kids are in the pecking order.
1: It just it's funny because I was like, why is why does he bring this up? And I was like, well, in this episode, he literally says everything wrong any chance he can get it's in Carmela's eyes, and like he's gonna remind her. How great Meadows doing right now? Because he thinks it's gonna like give her a compliment. Because like how
0: opposite. it's the opposite. Beautiful, just like with the tickets at the very beginning of the episode, it's bookending us mm-hmm. now, right? Yeah. Tickets, you need to do this. It's probably why you got your haircut. Exact opposite, Nothing. dumb shit. Yeah. will go. She'll forget all about him in a couple of weeks. In a few years, she'll find somebody else,
1: settle down. Maybe she won't, who knows? She can do whatever she wants.
0: She's becoming a wonderful woman, calm. Smart, beautiful,
1: independent woman that you created.
0: It's an interesting thing that he's saying to Carmela to echo your point that these are things that he is saying to someone who's thinking about Furio, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. She can do whatever she wants. This is the dagger of daggers. It is devastating. Carm can't do jack shit, but Meadow can do anything she wants.
1: It also is like she doesn't need to parent her anymore. She definitely couldn't didn't let Meadow do whatever she wants, though either. Do you think she doesn't care? No, or you she, think did a, it's more... she did a
0: great job with Meadow. She did for Meadow what Livia never did for Tony. So you think when she says she can do whatever she wants, that's
1: laced with jealousy? Yes. Got it.
0: She can leave. She can yeah. date Finn. She can go to Montreal. Yeah. She can go marry whoever the fuck she wants. She can go to whatever college see, she yeah. wants. She can have any career she wants. She can do whatever she wants, Carm. But he is talking like Michael Corleone, to Kay Corleone mm, totally. saying, you can't take the kids and you are coming back to Nevada.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Then, as if it wasn't good enough, I know. We are blessed and gifted with Annie Lennox again. Little Bird. I look up to the little bird the ending comes together love- Wonderful. I love this song. We say this often that the episode ending comes together so beautifully with the music. But this one in particular Mm -hmm. grabs you a little bit more. Part of it is the weight and heft of Annie Lennox. But this is a little subtle calm before the storm of next episode. Totally. Which is the finale, which is Whitecaps. Totally. Thank you, Naya. Thank you, Vic. See you next time.